I'm the founder of the Pingbox. It is India's first and only marketplace for eco-conscious and sustainable period products. In India, only about 60% of women have access to sanitary products. And that means about 40% are still using like rags and old um, cloth and dirty leaves and stuff as an alternative to period products. Maybe around condoms, there is a bit of taboo and everybody is like all shy about about it, even though like we are the most populated country in the world. Somebody I know has this very weird superstition that after sunset, don't throw out um, a used pad, which is extremely unhygienic. Don't ever do that. Do you think schooling and education is missing a big part in the country? Uh, PCO stands for Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome. It's a condition where cysts grow around your ovaries. PCOS is also a contributor to depression amongst Indian women. A lot of it is linked to, I think, how we view ourselves socially. In the first three weeks of the lockdown, uh, sanitary pads did not come under the essential goods list that the government had put out. So there were a lot of women, especially in containment zones, who had no access to period products. And uh, we worked with a couple of NGOs in India to actually deliver sanitary pads to these women. Kids are often unknowingly very cruel. I cried a lot. Have you ever been in a situation where you're sitting in a class and your period just appears and people laugh at you and you're like, oh no, I've stained my skirt. Um, not the two of you, I'm guessing, because you don't have your period. But that does happen to half the population out there. And uh, this was one of the many experiences that I've been through and my friends have been through um, as we were growing up, which um, I, think, I think the little feeling of wanting to do something in the menstrual hygiene space so uh, it, it's where it started and um, in India about 23% of uh, school girls drop out of school once they start menstruating because they don't want to go through that experience of having their period while they're at school having all the discomfort and you know le leaking through their uniforms and stuff like that and that's really scary, right? 23 is a big percentage of people dropping out just because of a simple biological process. And I really wanted to work on fixing that. Um, I really wanted to work on raising awareness about periods, awareness about menstrual hygiene and reproductive health in general. Uh, so that's how I started the Pink Box. And we also curate period hampers to help menstruators have a happy and comfortable and hygienic period. And um, as women, we often tend to put ourselves, uh, you know, point number three, point number four on our to-do list. You know, it's either our careers or our personal lives and then like 10,000 other things and then ourselves. So we wanted to help uh, menstruators kind of put themselves at the top. Uh, we wanted to be that self-care, that go-to self-care guide, uh, self uh, guide for them. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, we started the ping box by curating uh, these really cute subscription boxes. Um, these arrive at your doorstep and uh, they just help you have a happy and comfortable period. Um, I work with nutritionists and medical professionals to curate this box. It's got healthy snacks without preservatives, healthy sweets, a couple of period pain relievers that are all natural. There are no drugs. There's no um, allopathic medication and uh, stress busters as well because like I mentioned, we want people to put themselves at the top of their uh, to-do list, especially when they're on their period. And um, 
we lose a lot of blood during our period you guys and along with that a lot of iron as well a lot of uh, people are anemic and they don't even know about it and we tend to treat periods as something that just happens and something that you know it it often gets looked over but that those 5 days or shark week is when you need to give your body the utmost um care and uh, focus as well uh, so we help people do that we help themselves kind of give their body that extra little punch during shark week why the limited access what do you think makes it such that despite this being a 50% of the population thing there's a limited access the taboo around uh, menstruation for sure um we'll get into a lot of um drives that we've done on field later on uh but statistics that i've read i've actually seen that uh, play out for girls as well a lot of girls when they get their period at the ages of 12 or 13 they're told by female members of the family ki papa ke aage baat mat karna and bhaiya ke samne iske bare mein baat mat karna and stuff like that so there's a level of shame that's attached to menstruation there are a lot of taboos around menstruation as well uh, don't go to the kitchen don't touch you know kitchen things or like god stuff don't water plants uh, hygiene trumps superstition you guys um so yeah the awareness and the taboos because pe- people don't talk about periods there is this whole shame attached to it because of which even going up to you know going to a grocery shop or a chemist to buy periods can be a very funny experience for a lot of people um given my familiarity with the urban context in india um that's what i want to focus on and that's why i'm kind of um basing the pink box in tier 1 and tier 2 cities in uh, india um you would assume that you know people in urban india they've got the education they've got the awareness um they know what are superstitions but why is it still a problem you know it's again it's the shame and the taboo the stigma attached to it um a lot of us women have faced the situation where you know you go to a sanit you go to a grocery shop and you ask for a pack of pads and um, they'll give it to you first of all they'll be all discreet about it uh, the shopkeepers and then they'll give it to you then they'll wrap it up in uh, a newspaper and then they'll give it to you in a ba- in a black bag like a polythene bag so they're trying to make it very um trying to be discreet about it but they also end up drawing a lot of uh, attention to it right so it's very counterproductive uh but that tends to be a very embarrassing experience for a lot of people um here again is where you know we come in with the pink box you know we tend to have these crazy schedules where we don't even track our menstrual cycles and then rushing to your nearest store at the last minute can be a problem so in our box we also help uh, we we deliver sanitary pads or tampons menstrual cups in the box as well um the box is completely customized to what our consumers want what menstruators want um but yeah to answer your question akhil it's mostly about the taboo and the stigma that surrounds it So Sandra we spoke to a couple of people who've been working in the rural space and you understand okay you know people in those areas are not as well educated they don't have that much access you're focusing on tier 1 and tier 2 and you still see the very clear lack of education very clear let's not talk about it does that have you also seen just i mean a lot of that going around what has that been like right um we've had a couple of awareness drives in mumbai and pune 
uh, where we've tied up with the BMC schools and medical outposts, even orphanages, where you know we we worked with the medical practitioners, doctors, where you know we we go to people who aren't as privileged or educated as us, and we talk about what is the biology behind menstruation, uh, why you should maintain certain hygienic practices, and um, we. You know, even in 2020, even in 2021, we've got kids who are as young as 11, 12 coming up to, you know, us and saying, but my mom told me that you should not talk about this outside the house. Or, you know, how do I wear this pad? My mom never told me. And it's not always female family members who have to help you with it, right? It can be male family members also talking to you about it. There's this lovely uh, video on YouTube, actually. Um, I'll try and send you the link where um, people have, the advertisers have imagined boys getting periods. And it's the exact same experience. Like, don't talk to the opposite sex about it. Um, so, yeah, it's a very prevalent problem in the urban context as, as well, Vishwas. You know, like I mentioned, people still say, don't go to the temple or, you know, don't. Uh, people also sit out, you know, going to schools during their periods. Um, Till this date, you know, when, when I was in school till this to now, you know, where we are in 2023, um, teenagers tend to get their periods in school and, you know, uh, boys aren't really aware of it. So if there's like a blood stain on somebody's skirt, they'll point it and laugh. And that can be really embarrassing when you're already in your, you know, teenage years where everything is already out of back and, you know, you're kind of trying to find your footing or trying to find yourself also. And that's another reason why even in urban India, a lot of girls drop out of schools when they get their period. In colleges, uh, the same thing. You don't always have access to menstrual hygiene products. A lot of families don't even let uh, menstruating girls sleep on beds. And this is in urban India. This is in, you know, a lot of families that probably make up the top 10% in India. They don't allow their fam- they don't allow their girls to sleep on the bed. They have to sleep on the floor. They're given their you know meals in another room. They're made to miss their college. They can't um, go and kind of give their exams in a very comfortable state of mind because you know they've had to sleep on the floor. They've not got time to study. They've been isolated from their family. So yeah, very prevalent in the urban Indian context as well. We had an episode with Dave. He runs a company called The African Connection. This was my first encounter with getting to know that, you know, I, I always assume this is such a biological thing and it must be wholly accepted. Like there are things about guys which are just, you know, we just go about it and it's just wholly accepted. There's no taboo around stuff, right? Maybe maybe around condoms, there is a bit of taboo and everybody is like all shy about about it, even though like we are the most populated country in the world. But Sanjana, uh, David told us that there are women children in Africa, in Namibia, who are not able to attend 10% of the school year after year after year, and then they are left behind. Do you think schooling and education is missing a big part in the country regarding this? Do you think schooling should be better? Education should educate kids better and earlier? regarding something in including periods i just want to add to that and say that you know kids are often unknowingly very cruel 
you know you see in all these movies that have been that are about say differently abled people or anything that looks at it with unfortunately because we condition it into kids so much that you know this is normal anything that's outside of normal is ridiculed that's inherent and you know we've seen this on numerous occasions in every single school and every country in all over the place so definitely education is a big deal but how do you educate people about something that they don't use in their everyday language i i remember i had sex education in like i think the 9th grade and it was like it was the joke of the month that oh you know one month later we're going to have this session and you know it was like we were come everyone was coming up with ways of okay how can we disrupt it how can we make it even bigger of a joke even biology books yeah even biology books wherever there was the the chapter about sex and the ch- chapter about procreation it was always a joke and you know there would be dick pics drawn on top of that and so it is difficult like getting the message across to kids is a difficult task yeah i completely agree and uh, you're right akhil i think uh, we need to start educating kids at probably an age younger than like 12 13 when we had those sex ed classes we were probably 12 um but in the past couple of years girls have actually been getting their periods as young as 9 and 10 right so we don't really want them to wait 3 years until they learn about what it is i personally know a lot of families uh where parents together sit with their kids and they talk to them about periods and they tell them it's as simple as peeing and pooping which is like you mentioned akhil it is a biological process you know it happens to everyone it happens every month if you didn't if you didn't get it every month that would be you know your body is signaling that there is an issue um we definitely need to start educating people really young i remember when i was in school um there was an mnc that would come and give us the talk and we would have um we would, like in the assembly hall they would collect all the girls and just the girls right like not the boys at all and then they would be like this is a uterus and this is this and this is this and that info as well i think it was more of a marketing thing obviously because it's an mnc that's doing it um it it wasn't very informative from from what i remember and uh, surprisingly it's still the same uh, to this date uh, one of my mom's closest friends is a teacher and she works with a really good uh, icc school and you would expect that um, you know a decade to a decade and a half later things have changed but not really it's still the same and yeah like vishuk mentioned kids can be pretty cruel sometimes you know the laughing the jeering the pointing and being like oh look you know she got a period it can be really embarrassing um it's happened to somebody i know as well one of my best friends you know and it can she didn't attend school for like two days after that because that's how embarrassed she was but if she'd known what periods were if our peers knew what periods were and how normal it is maybe she wouldn't have been laughed at maybe she would have been supported and that's what we need right maybe you know her friends would be like no i've, I've got a pad here you go somebody would have been like okay go to the nurses office and you know you'll get what you need um it's so important to start te- teaching kids young um like i mentioned i i know people who started educating their kids at the age of 6 and 7 you know you talk about pee and you talk about poop speak about periods as well um 
somebody I know has a son who's about 13 and uh, he's an only child. So she, she, th- there was no real need in that sense for her, you know, just generalizing Indian families. There was no real need for her to tell her son about what period is because he's never going to get it right. Um, but she still did. And she said, this happens to mama. And uh, during her five to six days before her period when she's PMSing, right? If she's not in a great mood, he knows that, you know, you know, I'm not going to do too much musty today. I'm just going to let her be. And, you know, he'll just be like, mom, and like just hug her, like, you know, get her something to eat or stuff like that. And we need that kind of uh, empathy, I think, with kids, not just with their friends and peers, but I think with other people around them, other people in their uh, surroundings, whether it's your mom, your friends, your sisters, your cousins, or just people you don't even know for that matter. Um, something very funny, you know, there are these memes about how uh, women who, you know, like strange women, women you don't know who you bump into, you know, in the, in like a pub's washroom, they can be so helpful and like, they're so sweet to you, you can tell them their entire life story and they'll be like, yeah, I get you. It's true, I've been there. Um, strangers are really, within women, strangers are really uh, empathetic towards each other, you know, I've, I've been in, in a bathroom of like, um, Escobar, where, you know, somebody was like, oh, I'm a peer. And I was like, yeah, sure. Here's a pad. Um, imagine having that kind of empathy on a larger scale. That would be beautiful. And I think that's where it has to go beyond women to women. You know, amongst guys, you have this thing, right? Where you have a friend who keeps a condom in his wallet and like whatever you needed, you have you have that. I mean, that the what the story you just told me just like, you know, struck that. It made that connection in my head. But that's the thing. Why are these a girl to girl or a guy to guy thing? It's just, it's weird that unknowingly we have this distinction. And I mean, it might be knowingly as well because we're too embarrassed to talk about it otherwise. But uh, Sanjana, speaking about this business and like, you know, the, the business side of things, how did you go about getting to Pink Box? Why? I mean, you said that this is where the the seed of doing something in menstrual wellness popped into you in when you were in school. Yeah. But, you know, school to starting your company that must have been a few years there. How? What was the what was the push? What was the background? What was required to do it? And as you said, it's such a taboo, hush hush topic. How did you get people to speak about it? How do you tell people about it? Post BCom, I remember. Um... We had we had we had a round of placements in our college, and um, I, I didn't I, I made it through the final round of uh, one particular company, um, which was based in Gurgaon. So my dad was like, "No, no, no, you're not going, you're not moving away to Gurgaon." Uh, I was based in Mumbai then, um, and during the interview, I was asked, "Where do you see yourself in uh, five years?" And draw your Wikipedia page how you would want it to look in five years. So I doodled a couple of stuff, and then. Um, wrote down a couple of things as well. And then the interviewer who was the founder of the company, he said, oh, what's this particular venture? And I said, uh, it's called, I, I don't remember what it was called. But at that point, I wanted to start a venture in uh, the feminine merchandising and retail space. So I'm, I'm a nerd. I, I love uh, all things nerdy. And this was back in, I think, uh, 2015. Avengers was already a big thing. And if I wanted a shirt, I would have to buy a men's size medium. There would be no women's sizes at all. 
and i didn't realize it at that point it, it happened so naturally so organically um and then he was like why women in particular and then i didn't really know but then i reflected and i was like no i want to work in a space where you know i, I can contribute to women in some way and maybe to children also in some way and i think that's when that seed of entrepreneurship again you know kind of it was just there it wasn't really nurtured but it was just there um suppose that when i was applying for mba uh, i came across this innovation and entrepreneurship program in symbiosis sibm pune and uh, they had a really lovely program and one, when you know i got into that program um we were only the third batch to graduate in the innovation and entrepreneurship uh, specialization um during the first year we had a lot of tools that helped us kind of um research our industries better uh between the first and the second year we also had to do an internship um in a field of your choice so start working on your b plan immediately i worked in a startup uh, that was in the merchandising and retail space and realized it was very competitive already at that point and um i just went into a big low after this where i was like oh my idea is not going to work out what what have i done coming here you know why did i choose this field so I just gone for a job and all of that and then slowly i started picking up on a couple of things that were happening around me you know um our course was an on campus course and we had this girls of sibm kind of uh, whatsapp group where once in a week we would always have an incident where somebody would be like hey i'm in the academic blog does someone have a sanitary pad and somebody else would text saying yeah i have it um so that was one incident and uh, for about 2000 women on campus we had one store uh, that would stock you know all these essentials and they would only have like the popular brands like your whispers and your spaces and not everybody uses those brands and um we were very brand uh, conscious and brand loyal in this space that was number 2 and thirdly um our mess is supposed to be one of the best uh, you know dining hall messes in india but it really was the food wouldn't give you a lot of nutrition value i personally lost i think 6 to 7 kgs just in semester 1 and that made me realize we're really not getting the kind of nutrition we need during that you know during that uh, those those five days so a lot of research kind of um, followed that and i spoke to a couple of my mentors about you know i want to work in this field what do you think a lot of people said it's going to be a difficult field to crack because you know the stigma in india and all of that uh, but yeah i spoke to a lot of um, other women on campus i spoke to teachers on campus i had uh, three to four mentors male and uh, female who guided me and um, scanned through a lot of forums did a couple of pricing tests and i realized we want everything we need during our period if we get it you know at our doorsteps that's exactly what we as women need during that time right and we wanted to go beyond just being a sanitary pad delivery service right we have done so to do that we have you know like zeptos and blinkets to do that but it goes period care goes beyond just having your period essentials with you right it goes it's you you really got to focus on your body and what your body needs during that time and that's how the pink box was born um post college i started working with a couple of nutritionists a couple of dietitians a couple of gynecologists who kind of advised me about what we can ideally put in the box 
I realized why it's important to have food uh, that doesn't have preservatives as well. And um, yeah, I think I skipped a point. In uh, my final year, in the final semester, uh, we had a B plant pitch competition where I said, ETK, let's give it a shot. Let's, you know, see how it is. And um, it was very, um, it, I worked on it for about two, three days. You know, the whole pitch and, you know, there's something called a BMC, which is a business model canvas. All of that. I worked on it for about two days and uh, I won the competition. I won about uh, 75k and that served as my seed funding. And I come from a family of charter accountants and engineers. Um, nobody in my immediate family has been an entrepreneur. So kind of convincing them uh, to kind of help me with that seed capital would have been difficult. But winning that competition, which was judged by entrepreneurs, was really I think it served as the backbone for me to actually start the paper. So I used that cash to kind of build a website and uh, get our basic inventory in. The ping box that we have right now, I think this is the third um, design of the ping box that we have. Earlier, it was just a white box, which had like a sticker on it, which had our logo and our social links. That's pretty much it. And then our second pivot had, uh, you know, just, very basic things a little more about the brand and as we started getting more consumers as we started understanding our users better i kind of invested in a better designer who also did her share of market research who built this really beautiful uh, box for us and we've actually been featured in l magazine as one of the top five uh, subscription boxes in india and i think they focused on the packaging as much as they focused on what we were offering so yeah, that's how I started the ping box. That's how we started the subscription service. And then in 2020, during the lockdown, um, that's when we got time to speak to our consumers. You know, everybody was sitting at home. People actually had time on their hands to have a conversation with us. Um, we spoke to consumers about um, what they wanted in this field. And we realized um, there was a lot of people, there was a lot of talk about sustainability in this space and sustainable period products. But people didn't know what products they could use. People didn't know how they could use these products. And people weren't even sure why they should use these products. So we started collaborating with uh, a lot of brands that had the same vision as us, which is to see a period-positive society, um, it, to see India as a period-positive society. And we built our marketplace. Sanjana, you're in a very cluttered space. You're also in a very commoditized space and I kind of want to go over the numbers. So what have you been able to sell? What are you, what are your costs and you know, what has it been like running the company money wise? And you started with 75,000 rupees. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, of course we had friends and family invest after that. Um, we priced the ping box at 500. And we really wanted to maintain that balance between necessity and luxury, right? You, our, our product doesn't fall in either category completely. It falls right in the bit, in, in the middle, right? So we priced it at 500 and uh, we made a decent margin out of that. We had a lot of people who went for it because it was a new product. So they didn't mind spending a lot, you know. If it's an established product like, you know, skincare, for example, especially something that's been vetted by like dermatologists, you wouldn't mind putting a lot of money into it. But 500 was a good price point for us to start at. And that really worked for us. 
uh we're in a cluttered space i i don't think so there aren't a lot of uh, period subscription box companies in uh, period subscription box companies in india there are a lot of subscription box companies for sure there are a lot of sanitary pad companies though and very prominent ones yeah what works for us is that we don't manufacture them um so we basically work on spreading awareness about what is sustainable periods um how you can why why how you can have a zero waste period why should you have zero waste periods um how is it helpful for you as well as the planet that that's what we really focus on uh we've got 20 plus brands on our uh, marketplace right now we're looking to onboard more pretty soon and we made sure that it wasn't only sanitary pad uh, sanitary pad brands that we worked with right like i mentioned before period care isn't only about uh, period products it's about it's, it's a very holistic thing you have to care for yourself as well although we did start with the uh, you know working with companies that made menstrual cups and biodegradable pads we soon started speaking to companies who made you know pcos and pms herbal teas uh we work with companies who make all natural period pain relievers um not a lot of people might know this but uh, migraines before and during your periods are also very common uh so we started working with a company that not that makes not only period pain relief products but also anti nausea products um and you know headache relief products and all of these are completely natural no drugs no chemicals and uh, that's been our approach sustainability and eco consciousness and no drugs and chemicals if we give you 2 million dollars today what are you going to do with the money 2 million dollars right um definitely work on more awareness in the country about periods right we've been doing this for about 5 years now and there's an equal number of people who say yes i've heard about the pink box and oh what is this and also there's an equal number of people who say yeah but why should i even use menstrual cups and people who say you know menstrual cups have changed my life so i would definitely work on awareness about sustainable periods especially i wouldn't really focus on our subscription box which is very funny because that's what we started with because from a very business point of view subscription models aren't really working too well in uh, india right uh case in point fab bag uh you you guys have probably heard of sugar cosmetics it's run by vinita singh she's one of india's very first shop they started um with this product called fab bag which was a beauty subscription box and they closed it down um not not too far uh, far back not too long ago i actually met vinita singh in uh, uh in a seminar in 2019 it was led by facebook and when i spoke to her about the pink box her first thing the, her first feedback was don't do subscription box in india do do anything else um there was also an, something that made me realize ki theek hai sustain uh, subscription as a model is not too sustainable in india so we really need to diversify um apart from going towards what our customers really wanted which was you know info awareness and access to sustainable period products this was another uh, motivator for us to kind of diversify our business model beyond subscription into market 2 million dollars what are we doing sanjana other than just uh awareness what else would you do with the 2 million dollars is it just going to be marketing marketing money for sure <laughs> the digital space is definitely very crowded when it comes to marketing uh so i'll definitely catch hold of a great performance marketing person probably 
but awareness would still be point number 1 on my list sanjana you sort of taken into my point which was going to be about subscription boxes and the fact that india as a whole doesn't really do subscription boxes too well even something as you know common as milk in newspapers the original sort of subscription boxes in india we always like to post pay and we're like okay we'd like to like write down every day how much is what is coming what's not coming and then we end up paying at the end of the month so what else are you doing apart from subscription boxes what are your diversified things what is the what are the products that the pink box offers today so our marketplace is what we've diversified into uh, beyond the subscription box we've got period pain relievers we've got pcos and pmsts um when i speak about sustainable period products we've got menstrual cups we've got period underwear we've got biodegradable pads and tampons and uh, the reason behind having biodegradable periods and tampons are because people are still iffy about using products like menstrual cups and tampons which go inside your body right um we still have this whole taboo around like virginity around in in india and that's why people are very wary of using products like menstrual cups and from a usage point of view as well uh, you know choosing a cloth pad or a biodegradable period product um habit wise it's exactly the same as wearing a regular sanitary pad which is what we've been using for so long um it's just that if you use a biodegradable pa- uh, pad it decomposes back into the environment after about 6 months if you use a cloth pad it's reusable uh period underwear is another great uh, option people are really loving it um it's worn like a regular underwear and it it also it's got this really great absorbent uh, absorbency uh, capacity which is really good um so yeah period products um which is menstrual cups period underwear cloth pads biodegradable pads and tampons uh we've also got anti acne lotions because like i said you know period care goes beyond just period products a lot of us tend to get acne before and during our periods we wanted to address that like i mentioned earlier we get migraines and like really bad back pain thigh pain stomach pain um during our period and we want to you address that also but again in a very conscious very drug free and you know medicine free kind of uh, approach so we work with brands that uh, base their products in ayurveda that are approved by the ayush ministry and uh, we've also got a couple of health packages right and this is something we did during the lockdown as well um we have you know face yoga and health yoga cardio yoga packages uh pcos is something that i really want to speak about right we've got consultations for women who have who have been diagnosed with pcos uh pcos stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome it's a condition where cysts grow around your ovaries and that stops the process of ovulation you get delayed periods um it also causes a lot of other health problems right you know difficulty in gaining and losing weight uh male pattern baldness in in females um a lot of hair growth on the face and arms and all of that and um pcos is also a contributor to depression amongst indian women a lot of it is linked to i think how we view ourselves socially and the problem with pcos in india is it isn't as well researched as a lot of other health problems right and when um, our consumers have gone to gynecologists especially if they've taken their daughters and gone to gynecologists they've been given medication that um, it regularizes your period but it doesn't really go into the root cause of you know fixing the problem with the cysts or you know going deeper into the issue with your hormones 
So we work with nutritionists, we work with healthcare providers who take a very natural, very diet-based, very exercise and nutrition-based approach to solving PCOS. And we've seen um, our consumers have an almost 100% uh, success metric with the programs that they've enrolled with the pink box as compared to what they've you know, experienced with gynecologists. So it's a very wide, um, uh, we've got a really wide range of period-related products on our platform. Got it. How did your family react? How did your family react to knowing that you'll be working with period products? My daddy was very iffy. He said, you know, do you really want to work in this field? And uh, what will people say and all of that? Uh, my nana is a doctor. And he was very supportive. And post-MBA, he said, uh, you should take up some, you know, OBGYN courses that help you understand this better. I was like, no, I'll probably focus on the business side instead. He's been very supportive. My parents have been extremely supportive. Um, I remember we were in uh, Goa on like a little family vacation. And me and a cousin got our period. And uh, we were still like, yeah, whatever, you know, we don't care. And we went for the whole uh, parachuting thing. And then they dipped you into the water and all of that. And then um, my, my dad didn't join us uh, you know, for that experience, but he was the one who got us, you know, like a new pack of pads and like new clothes and everything from the place that we were staying at. And I, I know for a fact that not a lot of dads in our country do that. So I'm really proud of that. Um, so yeah, family has been super supportive. Menstrual Hygiene Day is celebrated on 28th May every year. And in 2019, we started this campaign called Gift a Pack of Pads where we raised funds of over a lakh completely from our community. And we use these funds to help people who aren't as privileged as us to, you know, gain access to sanitary pads and also information about, you know, the biology behind periods. And uh, I wasn't married at the time, but one of our biggest contributors was actually my, uh, were actually my in-laws and they've been so supportive throughout. Um, I think, also in the Indian context, a lot of times, you know, post-marriage, there's a lot of, um, you know, what will your husband's family say and all of that. But I've not had to face that. Uh, luckily, they've been super supportive. They've been very proud. Every time, you know, we've got an article on the Pink Box published, you know, my father-in-law is the first person who will forward it on all his business groups, you know, his friends and family groups that, you know, oh, you know, Bahut hai and teacher aya hai and everything. So that's really encouraging. Love that. Love it, Sanjana. I mean, that's amazing how family has been such a massive backbone. If you had to point out one thing that was sort of a roadblock or a, you know, obstacle, I don't want to really use the word obstacle, challenge, you can say, whatever, however, adversity, whatever you want to call it, what would you say was that and in your journey? What was that like? And uh, how did you go about overcoming it or are you still overcome working on overcoming it what's what's that the fact that i'm a solopreneur it's always been um, a challenge there's a lot you have to balance at once there's a lot that's on your plate and initially i was only 24 when i started the ping box i was like no, no i'll do everything and you know the world is my oyster but uh, as you go deeper into business you realize uh, there there's nothing better than delegating um, I got freelancers and experts who were, you know, in certain fields to take over a couple of things and I could just focus on the business. Um, 
So it's something that I've, I think I've overcome that. Uh, but also, I think every day the business landscape is really evolving, especially with digital, right? Um, I, I spoke to someone recently. She, uh, she she makes these really beautiful handmade products, and uh, she's on the business side as well as you know uh, she makes the products as well. And she said, "I want to spend more time being creative, and you know, not working around what the algorithm is telling me to do." And I think that's a challenge that all entrepreneurs are facing every single day. Um, that's one challenge I think I'm working on constantly every single day. And I think there are a lot of people in the same boat. So speaking of people in the same boat, we just spoke to Ananya, her episode will be out by the time before yours, but, um, she was telling us that when she started, she was, you know, very involved in her design process and everything like that. And now she has become chief talker and like, she's just on, you know, client calls and admin work the entire day. So what you're saying really hits home there. You know, loneliness has been a constant topic of discussion with founders. I feel people who go for a job, they have the whole social aspect of meeting other people. And being a founder, you are at the top of the hill and you are kind of lonely. Being a solopreneur with so much responsibility and nobody to actually, you know, have an echo chamber with. What was that like? Like, Starting out, even you, it's a completely new experience. How did you tackle that? I cried a lot. <laughs> Just get it out of my system. Um, but no, I think uh, really focusing on the vision and focusing on what I wanted to do with the uh, big box really pushed me towards doing better and uh, really scaling up. I think it's very important to have that laser focus in your vision. And every day, you know, I would wake up and I would look at, you know, my kind of like my organizer or my planner or my chart and be like, okay, this is my vision. This is what I have to accomplish today. And uh, that's pretty much it. And just focus on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a massive thing because I remember I, before we started Thought Bistro and before we did all this, I was wanting to do a couple of things on my own. And the hardest thing used to be just because you're the only person sort of driving yourself how like you know the the motivation the moment that drops you know one week 10 days one month there's a lot of motivation but then when that desired result doesn't happen i mean akhil and i have noticed this that you know there's often times where we're just picking each other up and being like you know what it's all right look at the bigger picture this is the you know don't forget where we're what we're going towards but just uh when i was trying to do something on my own when the motivation dropped it dropped how did you like, you know, what was your way of paying that back up? And, you know, how did you go about that? Because that was the biggest challenge I faced and I was not able to overcome that. So is there anything that you've done in particular? Not me in particular, but our consumers, people really loved the product. People were, uh, you know, writing in to me on our email addresses, on our social channels, telling us how much they love the ping box. We had a lot of... Um, guys in 2020 when the lockdown hit uh sending boxes to their wives who are in different cities to their girlfriends um we've actually had somebody um he stays in dubai and uh every month in i think 2020 through 2021 he would send a box to his wife who was in mumbai and uh, they're finally together in dubai and still he was like if you if you're shipping it i'll, I'll still go for it 
uh but but yeah we ship only pan india right now not local but hopefully one day so that kind of stuff really kept me going you know uh people would just write and saying you know i love the box so much and i was having a really bad day and then i got your box and it's so cute and i just completed the i i finished up the entire box of crackers in like one sitting and stuff like that so i think the appreciation um our consumers had for us really kept me going genuinely um yeah for sure for sure let's expand on that first customer first hire first order first return first unhappy customer and first fire as well oh god let's go all let's let's do all of those all right i think uh, first hire was actually somebody in our content uh she was i think 19 and um i think the way she wrote was just so beautiful and when we spoke to her she had a similar um idea of what she wanted uh, peers to be like in india and i think just matching on that same uh, i think just being on the same wavelength was just just drew us towards her so i think our first um hire in content our first hire was in content and we worked with her for about a year and a half and yeah great experience first fire was actually um really upsetting it was this uh, social media company that i was working with and uh, i actually met the founders at uh, this co-working space that i was working out of and it was um, an agency run by three female founders and uh, they completely identified with what the pink box was doing i think i worked with them for about a year and a half and um, i got to know towards the end of my my journey with them that a competitor brand had kind of poached them so in my mind it was like oh you know big uh, you know trust is not there anymore and like i was completely dramatic during that phase uh, but also i think the performance was falling overall i think what really happened was because we were all working out of the same co-working space they're really lovely women uh, we had this really lovely bond also so to kind of see that kind of deteriorating uh the performance you know the, what what they were doing for us that kind of just kept deteriorating a little bit and that that wasn't really what we wanted um so that was my first fire which was very heartbreaking um because we we were also we, we vibe really well on a personal level and they had a beautiful vision for their um marketing agency which was something that i believed in also so that was a very heartbreaking experience what about first customer first customer was somebody from i think uh, first customer was somebody based in mumbai first customer who wasn't through like the initial friends and family and all of that um and she came across our socials and she was like you know the content you you guys are putting out you guys are putting out is really nice and now i really want to try your product um and yeah the review was also really lovely again she was like no this was so good it came to me and you know i was feeling really down and uh, we we deliver the ping box 5 days before your period hits so it's during the pms time your hormones are kind of just going up and down you're feeling all crazy and very low on energy as well so this box really perked her up it gave her kind of a serotonin boost 
a boost in like her sugar levels as well, a boost in her mood. Um, that was our first customer. First return, in my mind, it was very silly, but um, everybody has their own opinion. We had these really little, uh, these little boxes of uh, like these moisturizing lotions that went into the box at that point, and everything was sealed and everything. And this person wrote to us saying that, you know, it was broken and it looked half used and everything. And at that point, I would personally pack each and every pink box. So I knew that wasn't true. But she was very, she had a lot of conviction in what she said. Ki, no, no, some of your packaging people have, you know, used half of this box of, you know, moisturizer and sent it across. Uh, that, that was our first return. That was our first refund. Very annoying to, you know, face that as an entrepreneur and um, also I, I remember i was gonna add to the customer like your first customer bit i think there is a mental thing with receiving a package yes and like when you when you receive that package automatically there is a boost that oh a new thing has come and i think the advantage with a product like yours especially for where the time when it's targeted i think that initial serotonin boost and along with all the goodies that one has chosen personally is something that is you know a big 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 pick me up so I can completely understand that thing yeah and also the fact that uh, if you choose a three month or, or a six month subscription of our box every month you'll get a new mix of goodies right your sanitary essentials will be the same because like I mentioned it's, it's a very brand loyal uh, product right um but every month you have a new set of sweets coming to you. You have a new set of stress busters and snacks coming to you. Um, that also, that, that element of surprise also helps build that excitement. Sanjana, one line, just one line, like 10 words. What's your vision? See India as a period positive society. One of our customers who had gone for a six-month subscription, towards the end of her subscription, I think she already received five boxes. Um, when she received her sixth box, she sent us a picture saying, uh, uh, this is not there and this is not there. And, uh, you know, along with the, you know, the snacks and the goodies and all of that, we've also got these really lovely teas that, uh, you know, like chamomile tea, for example, it, it helps to kind of calm your mood down. And uh, we had these couple of iced tea bags as well. So she sent us a picture and she said, Mera iced tea nahi hai and the iced tea bag was literally there. And I was like, ma'am, hai, aapke photo mein hai, mujhe dikh hai. And I was like, wow, people can be really funny. I don't know why, but like I have seen this in India. We tend to take deliveries and these things so much for like, you know, we want everything to be 500% authentic. Like, and that's why I think also now, because we have built this reputation for ourselves, returning a product becomes that much harder because people don't know. And like obviously you've had these experiences on a first-hand basis, so you know better than I do. But if anyone ever wants to return something, you have to show so much that, okay, yes, this is wrong. Early days of the podcast, I had called for a tripod and the tripod came wonky. And I was like, I want to return this. And Amazon was like, no, you cannot return this. It literally took me 10 days to get a return process. And I was like, this is so tedious, but 
I guess with you, it has to be the case. The cultural shift in India moving to online shopping is much, much bigger than the West. I'll tell you why my opinion is that way is because when you go to a store in India, let's say you buy a toy, you know, for the younger one, you will open the toy in the store, check out if it works, put the batteries in and see if it is functional. Even for phones, you go to a store and buy a phone, they will unbox the phone for you, show you the phone, show you it switches on and show you it's working. On online, you are completely... Yes, even that, they'll even log it in for you, put your SIM card and be like, no sir, everything is ready now. And put your data in it. Online shopping is such a drastic change. While in the US, even if you were to go to a shop and get like a phone, they would give you a box and you'd get the box home and then do like a proper unboxing, waiting and all that stuff, right? So that's that's the challenge. But maybe the shift will happen sooner or later. Dude, I remember in the US, like returning anything was such a ease. It's a breeze on the other end. Like everyone's like, yeah, yeah sure, go for it. Just just put it in the thing and we'll, we'll process the return. My building has a box. You can literally go and put your box in that box and they'll just pick it up from the building itself. You know, the UP, UPS just takes it on the building. You're returning to Amazon. You have to show them the packaging. You have to show them the box. You have to show them. Like it's a, the guy who will come to take the return is like a, you know, CSI officer trying to inspect everything. There. What is <laughs> what is the thing that you've tampered with? <laughs> it's hilarious. And it was even more difficult for us because we would customize each and every box to, you know, as per our consumer's requirements. From a business perspective, getting a return was a complete loss on the entire product, you know. Once the product is opened, uh, you know, our boxes are sealed because it's a personal hygiene product, right? You need people to trust that it's been built specifically for you. Once it's been opened, it's gone. You cannot use it again. Uh, It was a complete loss for us. but also, Akhil, what you mentioned about, I think, you know, offline shopping in India, you know, you see the product and then you're like, okay, lay low, you know. I think that also makes me think about how trusty are we as, you know, shoppers, right? Um, that's probably a reason why subscription models don't really work in the country as well. We're a little iffy about paying upfront because you don't really know what you might get in the next round especially physical goods digital goods it's especially physical. yeah digital goods it's still easier getting a netflix subscription amazon all of this firstly they're cheap secondly movie is a movie right and it can be replicated physical goods are a little tough sell but yeah all in all it's been um, lovely working in this field um in 2020 especially when uh, you know it was a very difficult period for everyone but for us personally at the ping box it was a year where we had a lot of wins. Um, I was interviewed by uh, NewsX. It's, it's a news channel, obviously, um, on how through the ping box we were crushing peer stigma in the society. Um, we, we also did a collaborative uh, period horrors campaign with podcasts with Zarima, where we had uh, women kind of speak about what was their period horror experience. Um, for some people, it was, you know, not having their products when they wanted. For some people, it was, Stuff like, you know, I was sleeping over at my boyfriend's place for the first time and I got my period and like the entire bed was spoiled and stuff like that, which can be pretty horrid for some, embarrassing as well. Um, I, I spoke about our uh, gift, a pa- uh, gift a pack of pads campaign earlier, right? Um, in 2020, uh, we, in the first three weeks of the lockdown, uh, sanitary pads did not come under the essential goods list that the government had put out. So there were a lot of women, especially in containment zones, 
who had no access to period products. And imagine, you know, you're used to using sanitary pads for like 30, 40 years of your life. And suddenly you can't even go out of your house, out of your zone, right? Um, and that was really shocking to us. And uh, we worked with a couple of NGOs in India to actually deliver sanitary pads to these women. And uh, first of all, it was not only the access uh, that they were happy with, but um, we also sourced these pads from the Asmita Yojana team. Um, they're under the state mission management unit. And uh, it's, it's basically a part of the Maharashtra State uh, Rural Livelihoods Mission. Um, these pads are made by women who stay in rural areas of India. They are completely natural. And women are actually paid uh, to make the products and they also get a percentage of the sale. So it actually empowers these women because they're able to contribute to their uh, households as well. You know, it's not just I'm sitting at home, I'm, you know, doing like chores, fetching water. And to be able to contribute financially to your household, that's very empowering for a lot of women. That is so dumb though. How can sanitary pads not be an essential item? Crazy. I know, right? It is crazy, especially in a lockdown. Oh my God, that must be horrifying for some people. Especially in a lockdown in a country like India. I mean, like, I am hor- like stunned to even, I can't even imagine that for three weeks, this was the status quo. It's crazy. And that too, with all the uncertainty at that point, like that was probably the worst time ever. Because, you know, that was the time where you were like, oh yeah, you touch something, you get COVID, you, COVID will do this, COVID will do that. So A, the rumors are flying all over the place. Second, you don't have access to you. What is going on? Oh, it's crazy. And doesn't that tie back to, you know, where we are at on an awareness point um, in the country with the government not classifying this as an essential item? I mean, it's so, so I'm going to give an example, which is going to like probably be very, very, very on the edge. But uh, we recently had a four power on our end where there was a thumbnail where there was a very, very basic grammatical error. And we'd spent a good half an hour looking at that thumbnail and neither Akhil nor I had figured out that there was a grammatical error. 12 hours later, someone told us that, hey, dude, you're, you've mixed up the, let, like the, what is it? Article A and an. We'd, we'd labeled, we'd said an photographer rather than a photographer. This sounds like an error as daft as that. Dumb, yeah. It's just dumb. Like, I, I don't, I can't, I can't digest it, digest it only. It's like saying food is not, you're not going to get food for three weeks. <laughs> it's Maybe crazy. You're not going to get water for three weeks. It's so stupid. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's sounding as dumb as messing up A and N. And if you think about uh, people in a very literal sense, you know, like you mentioned, Vishuddh, there's rumors are flying over, you know, you touch someone and you'll get COVID. You're not allowed to go out of your house and there you are, you know, like literally bleeding out. You don't have masks. You don't even know about masks. Like, you know, you're standing on the top of your roof and bajawing a thali for Christ's sake. I mean, you don't have anything to do. Yes. You're, you know, like every everything is just all over the place. And, and on top of that, you don't have like the one basic product that like, you know, you really, really need. And that's not classified as a... And, and speaking of that, Vishwath, uh, you know, we... We did our you know, thali bajafying and like noise and this and that for our COVID warriors. But so many of our COVID warriors were nurses and doctors who had 12-hour shifts in PPE kits while on their period. 
while wearing sanitary pads, which you can't touch, you can't, you know, adjust where you kept it. You're getting that weird kind of moist, unhygienic uh, feeling. But there's literally nothing you can do about it. Just go about your shift. And one of my friends who was actually a COVID uh, warrior, she's a doctor at uh, Sion Hospital. Um, she kind of told me about this and that's when I really processed it, you know. It, it can be, even when you're at home, you know, just sitting on your bed, chilling, just taking the day off because you have your period. Going six to eight hours with just one sanitary pad, it's, it's not very hygienic and it's not very comfortable either. And imagine doing that in a PPE kit, working in a government hospital, right? It, it can be pretty, pretty bad, to be very honest. Uh, but yeah, then her and I, we, we spoke to a couple of vendors who we work with and we were able to get them these long wear absorbent sanitary pads. And I think that was, again, a big win for us. I think we had we benefited just about 15 to 20 uh, female COVID warriors at that point. But whatever, I think even if it's a small part you play and it helps someone. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Wow, Sandra. I mean, there's realizations galore. So uh, we have a tradition on our podcast where our previous guest has left a question for you. And we would like you to answer that question and leave a question for our next guest. So the question for you is, uh, how do you know that you found the thing that makes you so happy that you're going to be doing it for the rest of your life? Cliche, but ikigai. I really believe in that concept. I feel like menstrual hygiene is my ikigai. Uh, it is my reason to be. I found that nice spot in between where, you know, it's what the world needs. It's what makes you happy. And uh, it also gets you money. So I think I've really found my ikigai. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned, the first review we got um, when we've had these uh, awareness drives, you know, people coming up, kids coming up to me and saying, thank you, Didi, and all of that. Um, just feedback and uh, appreciation for what you do. I think that really keeps me going. I think I've really found my ikigai in this field. Can we have your question? Okay. Um, 